um, in case our listeners, I guess our listeners and our viewers uh, don't know, is um, deputy editor of the debrief and also I would like. What, what do you want to say, like spearhead or like head honcho of the Make Rensing Fair campaign <laughs> or like, you know, big wig on that? I've or, never heard that like, before, but I'll take it. Like voice of the people uh, I just when say it comes to that. housing campaigner, but all of those housing things campaigner. sound way okay. more exciting. Or like, but I guess not even housing, it's like flatting and stuff because it's not just yeah. how, like it's, yeah, home. It's weird that we call it housing. That shows how like kind of aspirational. It is well, it is housing because people are housed, housed in yeah. Maybe I'm getting flats. too specific. It's really warm. It's okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're kind of going to start off with a couple of franchises and stuff. Um, uh, obviously, just, oh, I forgot to mention, this is a, this is a politics podcast. And um, but done in a kind of, we'd like to do it in a, relat- like a, a relatable way, in an interesting way. We know that a lot of young people are more and more interested in politics than ever. So we kind of want to reflect that back. Um, so we'll start off with some franchises. The first one is Dickhead of the Week in politics. Who's been your Dickhead of the Week in the political sphere? Uh, so that, I mean, how many? How, yeah. how long have you got? I think Donald Trump always Yeah, is. he's like a mainstay. Like, Every it would be week. surprising if he's not a dickhead. He's yet to fall from number one. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, though, I have to say, like, you know, the whole... The, the, internationally, there's the whole thing going on that North Korea basically, like, allegedly killed someone, uh, an American student, and Mike Pence is having a go at them for that. So, you know, maybe North Korea is, like, worse than Trump, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, I hadn't I, I hadn't even... Like, we're not playing a game of Would You Rather with that. Yeah. But, How, um, we, we could put let's them say, on the list, too. Maybe. Let's say British politics. British Who's been your dickhead dick of the week? week. Um, well, this is like not a particularly funny or lousy one, but I think mm. it probably has to be Nick Paget Brown, the leader of uh, Kensington Chelsea yeah. Council. Yeah. Just I think his response um, to the Grenfell disaster has been really, really weak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're shaking your head in case people are listening. Like, I'm getting a, like a strong yeah. grimace from, from and, Vicky and, right now, and like a. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was incandescent with rage about yeah. it, and I think yeah, completely. it's really, really poor. And his interview with Emily Maitlis, um, yeah. no, it wasn't with Emily Maitlis, sorry, it was for Panorama, I'm getting interviews yeah. confused, but it was it was really weak and just absolutely yeah. no remorse whatsoever. I mean, this is a council that was effectively making money out of uh, its council properties by cutting so many costs, it seems. Well, no. we don't know that for sure, but allegedly, allegedly, and, allegedly, and some of some of the flats in that block were privately rented. They were yeah, they were course, owned, yeah. but some of them have been sold off. Really? So I think they, you know, somewhere along the line, money yeah. had probably been made. But beyond that, it was just really, really. And terrible. the fact that they had to get Ealing Council in to actually do a lot of yeah. the like the hard work. Um, um, but I don't actually. Normally, I would I would have a few. Like normally, I'd say Boris Johnson. But yeah. this week, he's kept quite a low profile. So. Well, he's he's just done like a really really bad interview in which he said that the bullying has to leave politics and stuff. Well, uh, apparently, the name calling's putting people off politics. I mean, it is a year and a couple of days to the you know to the day that Joe Cox was killed. I feel like like that might be worth mentioning if you're talking about people being put off politics by yeah. by our kind of I don't I don't think horrible it's... rhetoric. Yeah. Also he's he's the worst <laughs> culprit. I mean mm. was it was it Nick Clegg he said was a something uh, prophylactic. Was it <laughs> prophylactic like, for what? Like, like just just like a giant giant condom is what he was getting at. Right, okay. When he called Nick Clegg a something prophylactic. Well, that's funny because the Guardian's... Uh, is it Steve Bell? He does the Guardian uh, cartoon. He always depicted David Cameron as a big blown up condom. He does um, look like one. Yeah, kind of hammy uh, in... Uh, sorry, okay. Well, and also maybe, maybe David Cameron can be dickhead of the yeah. week too because Brexit 
negotiations officially started. And yeah. I think the buck probably lies s- lies with, with him. him yeah. On this one. I mean, there's also that like the, the kind of the right wing of the party, but um, who have now got I think it's a woman called Suella. I can't remember her surname. She's a quite a new MP. She's now heading up the kind of the sixty of the like the kind of the the hard Brexiteers. She's been giving a lot of interviews. Yeah, I wouldn't say she's a dickhead yet, but I'm. I'm going to wait for that. But um, my dickhead of the week. Yeah, my dickhead. Exactly, next time. Um, Dickhead of the week for me is probably going to be Arlene Foster because I think she, uh, I mean, I I know she's, her party is homophobic and she's trying to make it out that they're being victims of alleged homophobia. Obviously, I agree with you on Nick Padgett Brown 100%, but I mean, we we can have our different dickheads. Um, They can all all be joint dickheads. I wasn't actually expecting the segment to be so long, so I'm really pleased that we've had so much to talk about here. Um, it's hopefully one day we'll have no one in Dickhead of the Week. Um, and so as for the great news of the week, now I know this all has to fit within a wider spectrum of fuckery, but essentially um, the good news, like the, the great news, um, that's going to be the, like the, the Queen's speech was given today. And I mean, congratulations for your incredible idea of banning letting agent fees. Um, or not, but like but banning them, but just basically banning the ridiculous ones. Have you? They're just banning them. They're completely. banning them. Yeah, completely. Ban okay, them, sorry, totally. banning them. Congrats, yeah. because you can, can you tell the listeners a bit about how you campaigned for that and so, how that went. I mean, uh, thanks for the congrats, but I feel like it like really team effort. Yeah, so yeah. so many people were involved, and also so many people signed the make renting fair petition, which yeah. is what gave us the leverage people to go power. to the Department of Communities and Local Government, to the Housing Minister, mm. to the Lib Dems, and say like A to the Lib Dems like work with us on this and B to DCLG the people with the power um, Department for Commun- Communities sorry you did yeah. just say that yeah, oh, yeah, yeah from here on in I'll DCLG sure, like, your pals at D- yeah, yeah yeah okay cool well not anymore because they like not well, pals. Gavin Barwell lost his seat who was the housing minister and now he's Theresa May's chief, chief of staff, staff yeah and Alok Sharma Falkendor, is yeah. the new housing minister but um, yeah. yeah how did it start I mean I've always felt really strongly about housing and it was a conversation that we were having at the debrief. We mm. wanted to do something. And it would have been great to campaign really, really broadly mm. on renting. This is specifically about renting. I think there are big problems with social housing as well. And also with a lot of the schemes for getting first-time buyers onto the mar- uh, onto yeah. the ladder, which aren't that fair yeah. um, and could be better. But we were like, you know, there's no silver bullet for the housing crisis. So we need to pick one thing that's tangible, yeah. that is a start. And I very much yeah. see this as a start. Mm. Um, and that was, okay, we can ban... Get, try and get letting fees banned. They're yeah. banned in Scotland. They've been banned there since the 80s. Mm. That ban had to be ratified in 2012 because agents were still charging. Wow. Um, and if it's banned in Scotland, it should be banned here. Yeah. Um, all of the experts agreed that it should be banned. Mm. So that was kind of where it, where it came from. And it will make a tangible difference to 4.3 million people's wow. lives at this point. That's how many renters there are. Yeah. And every time you move, you have to pay fees anywhere on a scale from 150 quid to I think the most expensive I've heard of is 850 pounds um that this this will actively make a positive difference to people's lives and I'm I'm really pleased and so 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 yeah the the queen announced that as because she's basically reading out Theresa May's lines which is weird because she didn't say strong and stable once um (laughs) but she's um maybe she just ignored it she was wearing her EU hat yeah, she was wearing an EU hat. She was wearing a um, yeah. She it, and it had it had five stars on it, which is meant to be the five, the five countries that began the union as well. Um, uh, I would test you on who they are, but um, that would be 
kind of mildly boring. Um, but <laughs> maybe it wouldn't. Also, I'm not sure I would know. Like, no, 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 that's fine. Fans? It'd be boring for me to just like quiz you and grill you even more than we are. Niche, um, niche knowledge. Maybe. A real niche thing. But also a lot of other things were um, kind of uh, announced in the Queen's speech that or they, or they were missed out. So fox hunting, even though that was a massive thing. And apparently that was that was something that really influenced young voters to swing. Apparently. Maybe. But apparently. I think I think the Queen's speech is an interesting point in their political calendar after yeah. an election as well. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, laying out what this government is going to do. This minority government, by the yeah. way, this is the first time there's been a Queen's speech without a majority government yeah. since, I think, I want to say 1978, sometime in the 70s. Yeah. So in 30 odd years. So that's significant as well because what they announce are these are the bills that mm. they're, they're planning to put to the House to get through, to make law. But with a minority government, there's no guarantee that they're going to get through. I, I'm, I hope that the tenants bill is going to get through yeah. because it includes other good stuff, including a cap on how much you can pay, have to pay as a deposit. Yeah. Um, but again, there are no guarantees. And at this point, why would Labour do the Conservatives any favours? Um, yeah. So I think the Queen's speech is interesting this time around for that mm. reason, and also because of what is what for what is in it, but also yeah. what isn't in yeah. it. And I think yeah, fox hunting. It was on the manifesto. I mean, yeah. why Why did they bring that conversation no. back? A lot of people who... Um, I did a piece of advice. Um, oh, feel free to like plug any recent pieces you've done as well. Though, okay? But I, I spoke to lots of different people who um, who are in support of fox hunting in some way or another, but they didn't want, They don't want the vote on it because they don't want more attention brought to it. They don't want more saboteurs. Like, they, like, they don't seem to want it. Obviously, saboteurs and obviously animal rights people don't want it. It's just... It's strange. Um, that that was ever there. It's been settled. It didn't, yeah. and it was never going to be a vote winner. I think. No. I think basically my analysis of that would be that Theresa May just took terrible advice. Yeah. Um. During during her campaign, yeah. and that's probably why there's basically no one left in Downing Street. Well, the last person mm-hmm. there, please turn off the lights. I think yeah. pretty much every advisor has now has left. Been gone. Um, um, head of policy went today yeah. or yesterday. And I mean, the other things to be to that were on the manifesto but weren't in the Queen's speech was uh, the social care plan to make people kind of take money out of their the own The dementia property. tax. The dementia tax, as it became it. known. Uh, so money would be taken out of their uh, the, pr- the price of their house in order to pay for their care. Um, and um, grammar schools, that's not in there anymore. Which has been, um, that was big even before the election was called. Yeah, because I mean, she, she went to a grammar school. And also the winter fuel policy, which I can't even fathom the idea that it could ever be cold ever again. But if it were to be cold, then old people aren't going to be means tested um, on the money they get for heating their big, huge, drafty homes. Um, but they it, should but downsize anyway. <laughs> they should. Maybe. Um, it was a very, very thin Queen's speech. Mm. Uh, normally, there's a lot more in in them. This is this was very thin. We've pretty yeah. much covered it now. Okay. I mean, obviously, Brexit featured yeah. really, really, really heavily. There's also a, a DV um, domestic violence uh, kind of bill, which was, I think it was about, was it about ring fencing funding? Um, I haven't. I, I have to confess, um, you're never supposed to do this, are you? But I haven't looked at it in enough detail. I think to it's comment, really good to say that because um, it indicates how far certain issues are falling down on our radar yeah. i mean if, if you as a as a writer of a you know a, a deputy editor of a women's site and me as someone who pretty much primarily writes on uh, you know on women's issues as part of social issues i mean for us to not quite know the details of a dv um bill is quite yeah just shows how but also i think it's important to say like you know as a journalist you're only human and obviously yeah. today i've been very very 
preoccupied giving those interviews about yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the renting stuff and housing. Yeah, so Which does tie can't. back into some, you know, th- th- there is, you know, housing people does that kind of relate back to, it's all, you know, it's all linked. I, I, people's I think, spaces yeah, and stuff I think it's, and I think social it's all, quality. It's all um, part of the same tapestry. Like if you're, yeah. if you're vulnerable um, and you're in social housing or rented yeah. accommodation, you're even more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're still still vulnerable if you're in a domestic domestic violence situation in yeah. your home. But yeah, that it's it's all linked in terms of yeah women having places to go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she talked a lot about uh, wanting to do stuff about domestic violence. Mm. Um. Theresa May actually did do stuff as home home secretary. Yeah. Um. But also there have been lots and lots of cuts to services. Yeah. So, is it a case that we're filling a gap that was created and shouldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have to wait we've and gone, see. We've gone two steps back, now we're going one forward, yeah. it seems. Um, so... And she also talked a lot about closing the gender pay gap. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, again, I don't know what the detail is on that. Yeah. Um, that, that would... Yeah. I, I, I want to watch the Queen say it all yeah. back. I mean, I think if there's... it's just a short speech, yeah. then that's fine. But I think the, the Conservatives... This might be what it was to do. They talked about returnships in their mm. manifesto. Um, I think there's only one way to close the gender pay gap, and yeah. until that is addressed, so and that's helping else, women who have had children go back into yeah, work. Go back yeah, into work. but I think until we have free or genuinely affordable childcare in this country, mm-hmm. the gender pay gap is not going anywhere. Yeah, women in their twenties for the first time in history are earning more than men. Yeah, and the pay gap emerges at around thirty-one, yeah. which is when yeah, yeah. the average woman has her first child. Hmm. So there we go. Yeah, that is, is directly linked, isn't it? Um, so from the the tenants bill onto what happened at Grenfell, obviously there's a there's a lot of ground to cover on that. But um, uh, maybe I mean maybe we've kind of already spoken about it with Nick Padgett Brown and stuff. But um, uh, I guess my point being with with how to kind of talk about that is what's the what would you say is like the there's like there's what do you think is going to come of what's happened at Grenfell it's clearly been a monstrous horrific um kind of failure of it's it's subsequent human errors and also active decisions to to cut costs I mean if we're to believe the the times I, I kind of believe them when they when they found out that the difference in price between getting non-flammable cladding and flammable cladding was five thousand mm. pounds I mean all, all in like for this massive building um uh where do you th- what do you think what kind of changes do you think that's it's going to instigate on a political level I think I think that we again it's, it's quite difficult to predict but obviously mm. it's in some ways, it was quite contained. It happened in one particular area of London in a particular kind of, of housing, a block that was built as social housing. There were some private renters in there. There were some people who weren't officially renting in any capacity, sublets or, or whatever, and some people who, who owned their flats. And I think that kind of microcosm of the failure of government, local government, national government, of the sheer scale of our housing crisis in terms of cutting costs, homes not being seen as homes, but being yeah. seen as places that need to be, that corners need to be cut in, that need to be financially viable, that need to look a certain way. Um, there's obviously been a lot said about whether the cladding was put on to make it look better. I actually would, would refute that, and I think 
the evidence suggests it was it was intended to lower energy bills and to insulate yeah. the, the building better and shelter that have looked at that as well. Yeah. But I think there's a huge shitstorm of things that have come together here which make it the national tragedy that it is. And it speaks to a bigger problem with the way we are now viewing housing. Yeah. Austerity, the housing crisis. I have it on good authority from a source in Whitehall that up until the end of last year when Cameron left, no one in government or Whitehall was allowed to call the housing crisis a housing crisis. Right. And now we're talking about it. And obviously, there are so many things. We don't know exactly what caused this fire. No. But if we weren't in a housing crisis, and I mean in the broader sense, but also in terms of even how we think about housing, yeah. this just could not have happened and it should not have happened. Yeah. And what I hope comes from it is that we start to look at housing as as places where people live as homes again you yeah. know your house your home should be your sanctuary it should be the one place in the world where you are guaranteed to be safe yeah whether you rent privately whether you're in social housing whether you're a refugee asylum seeker homeowner yeah a millionaire yeah it doesn't matter you yeah. should be guaranteed to be safe in your home and what we've seen is that at Grenfell and indeed in other places around this country which may yeah. or may not have this cladding that may or may not be illegal it looks like it's actually not illegal in this country it is in the states and in europe yeah despite Those the express saying that, saying the, that EU, it, well, yeah. the eu supported it brilliant like, well, no germany yeah doesn't um, uh, it bans the cladding but people yeah. people now living in similar blocks with with this cladding will not mm. feel safe no. and i think if we live in a country where anyone feels unsafe in their home for whatever reason yeah then there's a really 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 big problem yeah. structural problem in our society and how that gets dealt with politically, I think, remains to be seen. I do think there has been a gradual move towards politicians realizing that we have a huge housing problem, yeah. whether that's with the social housing sell-off, whether that's with the ridiculously unregulated private rental sector where there is like so many yeah. reports of appalling conditions, um, or whether that's with how expensive renting is or how expensive yeah. houses are. Um, there has been a, a, a slow recognition of it since since Brexit, since the yeah. change in government. But it's got to start translating into policy, it's got to start translating into change. Yeah. So in answer to your question, I guess the, what, it, what this means politically is that the, the problems with housing, broad and many and manifold, have to be addressed. Yeah. But as a nation, I think people have woken up and realised that there is, a, there is a fundamental problem in our society where mm. some people are treated differently to others and yeah. they shouldn't be with something as fundamental as where they wake up and yeah. where they go to sleep every day. Yeah. And that, that's not okay. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I mean, people, people who... Um, like, where you sleep is where you choose to be vulnerable. Like, that is where you... And, I, I mean, a lot of people don't choose where they get to be vulnerable. They're not... They're, they don't have that luxury of choosing that but at least when you are in that vulnerable position you're not you know it's you, you that you that you're you're relatively safe and also i think what was really what has made this such a national issue for something that you know that's happened in you know in london is that we're speaking to people that we that we didn't really hear from during all the brexit vox pops of people out in the middle of you know in the middle of nowhere who were who were billed as the real working class and actually know that kensington is a real mix of people um, and we've we've heard from those people. We've, we we, I mean, we should we should be hearing more and more and more from them. And it's a shame that you know that this tragedy is kind of being pushed further and further down our agenda, only to be picked up by the fact that Simon Cowell is doing a, 
a charity single, which I mean, as long as as, as long as the money's going to the right place, then that's fine. I probably won't, you know, I've, I've donated in different ways. But um, I think there's, the, the reason it got such big coverage is probably because of um, so many people live in houses that, you know, and, and uh, properties, tower blocks that either have that cladding or they, you know, they, they don't have fire extinguishers in their in their buildings, or they've never noticed a sprinkler system. They've never been briefed on what to do in a fire. I mean, I li- I live in a block, and it's you know, there's there's a lot of private owners, a lot of private renters, but we've still got a landlord who hasn't you know who hasn't updated the fire escape plans, and we're told that we should be staying in our flats in case there's a in case there's a fire. And I'm thinking, yeah, how would I get out? And, and a lot of people, I mean, unlike. I get, and it's it's not fair to compare this to a terrorist attack. It's not, but it's the, the proximity of time in that you know the past few, the past month or so has been punctuated by terror attacks, unfortunately. And we, like, the general election was two weeks ago. It feels like ages ago. But I mean, to you know, to conflate two things, like, well, four things, I guess, that have happened in such a short space of time is that the oh, I might have lost my train of thought, but I think that. I think that um, it is so hard to think. It's so hard but to I think. think but I think if, <laughs> if your point is that nothing happens in a vacuum, then I think I was about to make actually quite a clever point, and I've definitely, oh, I've definitely I mean, lost it for a second. It's the hardest day of the year. It is the hardest day of the year. Um, like thirty-five. Maybe years. yeah. Maybe we can. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's like this big looming sort of Damocles. But over I think us, what but. what needs to happen with with Grenfell. Um, is that when it does, you know, fall down the the, web, the news website when mm. it when it is no longer at the top when it's not on the front page, yeah. we cannot forget it because I think this is yeah. what so often happens. Okay, it wasn't a terror attack, but I yeah. think it was a very terrorizing yes. event. The, oh, this is what I'm remembering now. I've now remembered uh, um, is that the because you, you said forget. I, I've remembered that. People look at terror attacks and they, you know, they'll look at Manchester and they'll go, oh my God, I once went to Manchester, that could have been me. Or people go, oh, I sometimes go to London Bridge. Or people go, and like, people think about their proximity to it in order to kind of, I guess, I guess because they're, they're scared and people do things when they're scared in order to make themselves feel, to justify why they're scared. Um, but I think with this is that I think it's harder to make that reach. It's harder to, ju- it's, it, no, so it's easier to make that reach. It's easier to justify why you're scared because this, that, you know, and I mean, lots of different councils have been checking their buildings to see whether this could happen again. And, um, and the, the fact that we don't have it bound in law that landlords have to be quite um, careful, of, you know, and, and they have to keep things up to a livable standard. Well, I think um, I'm a bit wary of the way that's been covered if you are talking about the clause in the bill from last year about whether um, yes. how homes need to be fit for human habitation, yes. which obviously is a great headline, yeah. um, but should not have affected what went on at Grenfell because it, that should have been about fire and safety, health yeah. and safety regs. Um, and that is still a requirement, despite yeah. the thing that was voted down mostly by yeah. conservatives when back when Theresa Pierce was shadow housing minister where has she gone I don't know who who is shadow housing minister right now I should probably yeah. know but it changes so often yeah um, <laughs> no shade um, yeah. yeah um but I think that that was quite a, a slightly separate thing and that was actually talking about the private rental sector right okay um but obviously the thing with grandfather is that some of the flats were privately rented yeah. but the bottom line with all of that is um that 
it comes back to what I was saying before, like everyone should have the right to feel safe yeah. in the space that they live in. Yeah. 100%. And if that's not enshrined in law, then we really, really need to have like a word yeah. with ourselves as a society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bar needs to be set a lot higher than going, yeah. right, what's the minimum we you know, yeah. and, and, and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 important not to conflate different events, but by the yeah. same token I think no one would disagree that as a country in the last 18 months we haven't taken a bit of a hit and it has been very difficult there's been mm. wave after wave of bad news and it's yeah. that takes a toll on, on any society on any community yeah. um you know this time last year it had been five years since there was a terror attack on wow. british soil yeah um that 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 you know speaks for itself and yeah whatever happens it, it will affect communities and it will affect our society I think it's easy to forget that and overlook that and it's it's okay that these things affect people like if there's anyone who can look at pictures of any of the atrocities that have happened or even of that terrible fire and not yeah. feel moved or uneasy then like I'd love to meet them because yeah. I, I, I can't think of anyone who would who would not feel that yeah um, I'm going to move on now because I think we've probably like overrun not that anything we've said hasn't been completely relevant I, I was going to talk about the day of anger that's oh sorry the day of rage even that was planned but um uh I think the only thing to say is that uh there's a kind of warped view about how many people even attended I got invited to a whatsapp group today unrelated of about 270 people and that's more people than attended the day the day of rage so I, I feel like it wasn't a particularly good turnout um some people on the right not going to name names were tweeting that maybe that's because it's the hottest day of the year hmm. uh maybe it is really hot it's yeah. really hot um but also I think the day of rage yeah we should all be really angry I think people are really angry yeah but maybe particularly when it comes to Grenfell yeah in particular I think people are a bit busy I don't, yeah. I don't think those people can't have the luxury no. of going and protesting no. today I think they've got hell of a lot of other stuff to be dealing yeah, with yeah I mean they have they have done some protests and stuff and locally yeah lo local protests but also I think the the one complaint from a from a local kind of uh, uh, community association that's been doing a lot of the help they said um, please don't don't do this march if you close the streets it's going to be harder for us to get the help that we need at the moment they still need help they still need cars coming in and out they, they don't need road closures for a few uh, angry people from you know from the left who, who've definitely got like the right ideas and I'm all for protest I think it's a fantastic thing but I was also just going to say that and I think just to link just to link all, all of that together like mm. with with you know the success of make renting fair and that yeah still has to be voted through but being announced by the queen in a bill today which yeah. is amazing considering that when it started it was like me and Rebecca editor of the debrief and Lauren debrief's publisher sitting in a room being like yeah, sure. Let's try. Yeah, you know, that that is now happening. That is now law, and I really believe in the power of campaigning. Yeah, believe in the power of protest. Like believe in the power of advocating for people who aren't as fortunate as you, yeah. or who need to be advocated for. And I think that's what Make Renting Fair did. Like it spoke, yeah. it spoke for so many people: middle class, millennial renters like me, people who. Yeah, in, in case anyone can't like can't see this right now, Vicky's emphatically pointing to herself. Middle yeah. class millennial <laughs> renters like me. Um, and people, families on low incomes who rent, people who've rented their whole lives in it in their 80s, you know, spoke to so many people from so many different walks of life. And I think yeah. the day of rage, like, okay, maybe not that many people turned up today, but there will be opportunities in the future, whether you're from London or not, to 
make how you feel about something like Grenfell known and yeah. felt, whether that's writing to your MP, whether that's signing a petition, whether that's going on a march, I think all of these things are valuable yeah. and important. Yeah. I think also as, as long as you you know that it's the advocacy part of it as well. I know there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people on Twitter kind of, uh, where, where a lot of bad things happen, calling for like a big a big ruckus and that you kind of think, I mean, I... I was definitely in support. I'm definitely in support of the Justice for Grenfell protest, but I did find it quite iffy seeing like white kind of yuppies like me on my timeline being like, "Yeah, go and like fight the power, fuck them, blah blah blah." And it's like fantastic, but also be wary of encouraging other people into uh, violent action that if you were to do, you would never get in trouble well, for. I've always said this that I think actually um, protesting often is a luxury. Yeah. There are people who simply can't afford to go on protest because they can't take time off work or they can't take time away from looking after their kids. Yeah. They can't afford the travel. I mean, I think this always gets like forgotten about. And mm-hmm. um, be, being able to take time and go on a march often, I, I think, is a luxury. I, I think it's important. Yeah. I think if you, you can, you should. Yeah. Um, but I think that advocating violence is, is not no not helpful for anyone no completely um i think that is all of this kind of loosely long segment thank you for keeping everything so structured you're very good at this Um, (laughs) i don't know about that i'm mostly just sweaty (laughs) (laughs) um in now we're kind of going to go all the way back to the election because um is it ipsos mori or is it ipso mori ipsos mori ipsos mori so it's got the s as well um uh that kind of released a um, released st- statistics and figures to show how how the election went down and whether we really got that seventy two percent of youth voter turnout. Um, I didn't see what the exact turnout of young people was, but I know it was, it was predicted to be sixty six point four. The a highest weeks ago. in twenty five years. There we go. And I want to say fifty eight percent, but I'm not sure. It's around. It was around. It wasn't seventy two. It was high fifties, yeah. low sixties, and those people saying that it was in the seventies, like immediately after the election, it just made means. me laugh because. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there was no way they could possibly have known It was a that. rainy day. Do you remember rain? I would love it to be <laughs> raining right now. I love rain. Um, so these statistics have also shown that there was an 18% swing. This is the bit that I'm really interested in, is there's an 18% swing to Labour from young women compared to a 3.5% swing from young men. This kind of flies in the face of the whole Corbyn is a lad thing and wear your Corbyn Nike t-shirt and which obviously women can do and they can look at those t-shirts and they can pay for those t-shirts I'm sure the money all goes to the right place um in all of doesn't this. it I, doesn't it just I, w- I would Whoever like to, makes those t-shirts yeah um but what so obviously as as deputy editor of a young women's website where do you think this this swing came from from young women and where do you think the disparity came from uh I think that it's you know there, there are I have many theories Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I did in the run-up to the election for the debrief was to go around the country to different places. We picked four or five locations of interest, and I spoke to young women there. Yeah. Something that came up over and over again was that everyone, more or less, knew who Corbyn was, whether they'd ever voted before, whether they were particularly politically informed, engaged. They knew who he was, Yeah. Um, whether that's because of social media or just him you, having more coverage... Yeah. 
he a, ramped up the press yeah. appearances and he was good at that. And them. he did a lot of millennial focused um, interviews. Yeah, Kerrang, Enemy. Cancelled on me though. Did he? Oh. I'm looking at the cameras though because I'm <laughs> out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that has something to do with it. it was he was he's very relatable. He seemed like you this know this old guy who's relatable. Yeah, this old guy who well, makes in jam. In a way that Theresa May isn't you know. exactly and wears, you know, kind of like a weird jumper that he's probably had for a really long time. He's someone's dad, you know, he's like the dad that you aren't worried about seeing you drunk when you're a teenager because yeah. you know he'll take you home and be cool about it. Yeah. Um he's he's a cool dad and I, I think people could relate to, to him. Yeah. I mean, it's it is interesting how 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 people like how young women could find could find you know this, this old man relates, but it's it's the Bernie thing again. It's you know this kind of this old schlub of a guy. Uh, you can kind of I quite like there's something about his 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 messy appearance and the fact that he he you know, the, the, the you know sort. Sort up your what is it? Sort out, sort out your haircut, straighten up your tie, do your you know do your suits up and sing the national anthem, all of that. I quite like that he was he he, he used to be a bit more a bit more scruffy because I think you know I'm quite a scruffy person. I'm not always well prepared and stuff. But in the last few months, he became a lot more kind of preened and shout out ready. to whoever was sorting his suits. Yeah, he he suddenly got some really good suits there, and um, he he's really good at spontaneity as well because he be, he really believes in what but he's I, saying. I think that what you've that what you've touched on there is really where this came from. Yeah. It's all, it's about authenticity. Yeah, I think in politics, yeah. authenticity does win elections. Obviously, he didn't win, uh, but he did a lot better than anyone thought he would. And I think that's because mm. when he speaks. He believes what he's saying. Yeah. You might not agree with him. You might not agree with his stance on yeah. the IRA, but you you believe him when he says, "Yeah, I did that, and what? Let's move on." Yeah. And I think that really he spoke owns. To yeah, him. he owns his mistakes because I kind of think I used to think, could I ever go in the Big Brother house? You know, like when it was like really big, I thought, God, you know, how, how would I do my gameplay? How would I do all of that? I was like, I couldn't do it because so and so would sell a story on me, and so and so would do this. I mean, I haven't done anything probably nearly as bad as the current cohort of Big Brother, uh, but <laughs> not that I know any of them too well. But um, now I kind of look at politics and I think, God, how on earth could I? And you know, like, how could I do that? Because I've done all these different things in my past. Jess Phillips is a fantastic example of someone who's got so many skeletons in her closet that she's kind of she's fine about people knowing. Um, you know, whereas I mean, Boris Johnson's got catacomb worth of, of skeletons in his closet, and he. Well, we assume. We assume, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Obviously, they're, they're still all quite busted. a lot of them are in the public. Yeah, exactly. And he him. kind of gets he's you know Teflon Boris. He still kind of gets away with it. But I do think there is something about dare I say even Nigel Farage. There's something about this I don't give a fuck thing that's really popular both on on the left and the right. And, and Theresa think, May clearly did give so much of a fuck what people thought of her. I mean, that's a whole other podcast yes, conversation. Yes. Um, because I think that's really interesting in in and in of itself. Yeah. But with with Corbyn, I think also. However you slice it, sorry, my it's so hot that my mascara is actually like Just melting into I my eye. I think I'm going to have to like wipe my face. Um, but I think with Corbyn, um, he really uh, felt it seemed like he was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And his manifesto was trying to do the right thing. Like again, whether you agree with it or not, whether you yeah. think it can be costed or not, whether you agree with how it was going to be costed yeah. and paid for or not, the messages for young people in particular were that he wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. I think young people, if you look at polling, that's what they respond to. Like they're yeah. more likely to be involved 
in activism or in their local community yeah. or any other generation, then Generation Z in particular. And they're more likely to buy from companies, like put money into massive corporations if they think the corporations are doing the right thing, yeah. hence the Pepsi thing. Exactly, um, and I think that spoke to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I, I also think there is one other aspect of it, which is obviously it was a swing for Corbyn, but it was a swing for Labour. Yes. And what Labour represents, yeah. the left in our sort of uh, two-party political system. Um, and I think that young women um, are growing up at a time, like if we're talking about women kind of under 35, uh, between 18 and 35, when it is really difficult. You yeah. can't buy a house easily. You, if you go to university, will be saddled with a lot of debt. Yeah. It doesn't actually affect you. I mean, I've forgotten about mine. Like it's on. My, it's not <laughs> on my credit record. Yeah. yeah but but it, it, you, when you remember it's there, it is yeah. very. Uh, it weighs heavily on you. Um, you know that your wages are stagnating while the cost of living is rising. You know that Brexit is making your supermarket shop more expensive yeah. because you're watching it go up slowly, and I think that that all of those reasons would be why people would vote for Labour. Why would yeah. young women vote any other way? Why would they vote in favour of a capitalist system they have no stake in? Yeah, but all of those things you said are they not applicable to young men as well? They are. So they why are. did young men not vote so much for Labour as young women did? 3.5% compared to 18%. I know you're not, a, you know, you're not the expert on blokes, but who is? Um, <laughs> but no, like, why do you think there was that that, that disparity? Do well, I, blokes I, just would aren't to, so aware? I would need to double check with the figures because I have a feeling it's because young women tend to vote in fewer numbers. So that's why it's a higher swing okay. this time. Right, okay. Sense. Yeah, so it's, so it's comparatively, Because yeah, that Ipsos Mori data is looking at it year on year and how okay. the vote share for a particular group of people increases right. election on election okay that makes sense yes so i would need to double check that um okay. but i think that would be also I, I can imagine maybe a lot of young women maybe didn't vote for for ed miliband the whole miller bay yeah. thing wasn't as much of a thing as it and seemed you, yeah. and youth turnout was was lower in 2015 yeah. as a whole yeah so so i guess the, the whole the, the disparity 3.5 percent compared to 18 percent maybe that's that needs to kind of be leveled out a bit by looking at contextualized yeah contextualized. i think i think this is another thing with polls like actually looking at polling data is really com it's really complicated that's why there yeah. are people like ipsos mori there's a man yeah, to do the called bobby work. duffy yes. at ipsos mori yeah. who comes Shout up out. with these reports <laughs> bobby he's great and he could explain it so much better than i okay. am um, maybe we should get him on but yeah it, it's it's complicated and that's why these statistics so often get misreported yeah um and as far as i understand it a swing is based on the last time so okay. that's the increase of the in the of the vote share yeah. based on what what the vote share was the last time around so girls have got like a lot woker whereas guys have just got a little, a little bit, bit woker so is could this be spun around to say like guys actually always knew that the left was the right idea and it's these like tory women who have been flip-flopping about maybe there um, was a thing about beyonce maybe. voters like young women who who are very very alpha and, and they believe in the whole kind of fiscally conservative socially liberal thing which actually Theresa May is almost the I opposite mean, of she's apparently heading towards a fiscally liberal socially conservative yes outside in, which I mean the DUP have got anything to do with things uh, in, yeah although we'll never the thing with Theresa May is we'll never know what she really thinks uh, although I, I think I think she's a liberal with authoritarian tendencies based on her voting record but that's again that sounds like a really good OkCupid okay profile <laughs> that should be my byline for everything but that's that again that's another conversation but wait what were we talking about because I'm 
What we and Co Cupid? No. Cupid, <laughs> Theresa May. Theresa May. Beyonce voted. Yeah, Beyonce voted. So yeah. this is really interesting because I actually I presented a documentary for Radio 4 in 2014, just before yeah. the 2015 general election, which yeah. was called Generation Right, mm -hmm. which was about how actually the generally like the received wisdom this quote that gets attributed from everyone from like Descartes to fucking Churchill and no one knows who the quote actually belongs Taylor to Swift. Taylor Swift said <laughs> if you're not uh, left wing when you're young you have no heart if you're not right, right wing when you're older you have no head like yeah. there are so many variations of that yeah, yeah. actually again if you look at the Ipsos Mori generations data where they poll attitudes across yeah. all generations and they've collected data from the 70s until today Young people are socially liberal, not bothered about race, gender, very accepting, yeah. live your life the way you want to live it, yeah. but actually quite conservative in other ways. So you can do what you want, but don't take my fucking money, which is quite libertarian. Which is very which is, individualistic, which yeah. when you have very little is actually not that surprising. No, of course. And I interviewed a group of school leavers in Nottingham, uh, a school called Beeston in Nottingham, just outside Nottingham. 18 year olds and 19 year olds some people who'd left the, the last year and i asked them questions like do you think an alcoholic should be treated on the nhs and they said no they said no cheryl cole once said that like i mean not that they're taking their cues from cheryl cole but i mean she's northern um but she she once said that like drug addicts shouldn't shouldn't necessarily get help because it's it's kind of their fault i'm not quoting that verbatim I remember but I think her saying, her, yeah. yeah, I, I think mean, she's got a family member who, who's got yeah. addiction problems and I stuff, think, but she's got not very much sympathy. But it's a, it's a, what, what those kind of views speak to beyond, like a fundamental lack of understanding about how addiction works as, a, as yeah. an illness, which is again another conversation, is the idea that you shouldn't get support for the state if something is your fault. Yeah. Um, and there were other things in that polling which was like, you know, is the NHS like the best thing about this country? Young people were more likely to say no. Older people were more likely to say yes. Mm, um, so it's really interesting. And I think that the myth, it's a bit of a myth that young people are by default left wing. I yeah. think what we see, I have a theory that a lot of people probably disagree with, that what we're seeing with this kind of left wing surge amongst the young people, higher turnout, higher votes for Labour amongst younger people, mm -hmm. relatively election on election year, is actually because things have got so much harder. Yeah. The middle class is ba is collapsing, yeah. I think. The aspirational narrative that feeds into the idea that people can be middle class or become middle class, yeah. social mobility is collapsing. And I think that that could explain what we're seeing. Because if you look at the data, and if you listen to that documentary, Generation Right, Radio 4, look 2014, that's actually what it says. Like, Young people are not necessarily going to vote for Labour, no. um, and they they but they they also might vote for Labour, but be fiscally quite conservative. Yeah. it's really good of you to, to to have done that sort of research based on facts because there was a whole rumour of these millennials, these like millennials who love Theresa May, and I'm sure there probably are a few, you know, if if, if you want to go find them and stuff. But there wasn't the media really didn't like the, the whole media didn't really call what was going to happen apart from some quite prominent left-wing voices who are rightfully saying, you know, we've kind of told you so. But, um, yeah. But I do think that we all, we all tried. We all tried really, you, really well. You, this, I think this, for me, was, was a more surprising result than the last few. But I think yeah. that was because the turnout 
amongst yeah. young people was much was higher. Was really good, yeah. Uh, I always said that if, if young people turned out, it probably would be a hung parliament. Yeah. But I didn't think young people would turn out in the numbers that yeah. they did. And they did, just to prove you wrong. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Vicky. I do think we've probably overrun, but it's really, really nice to have you here as our first guest as Thanks this as a podcast. Me. Um, check out Vicky's Twitter, which is at Victoria underscore Sprout. Because yeah. I really fucked up my personal brand by being both Vicky and Victoria. What can you do? I know. And then check out that BBC Four documentary. That's a Vicky, not a Victoria. Yeah, That's I'm style. sure if you type both in, it will come okay. up. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And um, and if any of our listeners want to kind of comment or anything, we'll probably get an email address sorted out. But if you can just comment on Facebook or. Uh, tweet me at Sophie Wilkinson thank you very much to Nev at Hilo Films uh, for doing loads of the tech stuff and sweating it out with us and uh, we will be back very soon uh, we will keep you updated when that next date will be and who our next uh, kind of guest and um, and structure provider <laughs> will be on as well but yeah thank you very much Vicky. no thank you and let's go outside and sweat some more